Welcome to BNB Books and Banter, a podcast where we are currently reading through Brandon Sanderson's Stormlight Archive. This is Linda. And I'm Sarah. We are currently reading the second book, Words of Radiance. Two chapters with Dalinar and Kaladin. Chapter 8, Knives in the Back, Soldiers on the Field. I think this is the first time we've kind of gotten this weird chapter title. Yeah, it's like two sentences instead of a title. Strange. Do you think it reflects the chapter well? I think half of it does. In that soldiers on the field, it definitely happens. You don't think knives in the back is accurate? We have a quote from Navani. Yes. I think Jasna is still alive. <laughs> Come on, Navani. You, you gotta believe in your girl. Yeah. But at the same time, for Navani, all she's heard is Jasna's dead. The ship sank. Jasmine's not alive, so for her, she just has, it's very shocking news. You don't expect to outlive your children. I expect Navani to have the same faith in Jasna as I do. You assumed her to be immortal, but yet, yet you're accepting this. This is a lie. You're lying to me. Anyways, let's actually move on to content. I'm holding on to the hope that there is a miracle mm. or there is going to be something slick that Jasna has done. She's not out. She's not out of the running. Okay. We can move on to the chapter in which Jasna is actually not mentioned at all. <laughs> so the current chapter, we're with Dalinar. All right. Yes. On a plateau run. So what we have that's different is we have High Prince Aladar's men mm-hmm. fighting for a plateau. They arrive before Dalinar's. This is the first partnership we've seen Dalinar go on since Sadeus. So there's a brave man. Yes. Maybe that's what it's a reference to. Mm. Knives in the back, that's what Sadeus did. The backstabbing. Possibly, yeah. A throwback to the last time Dalinar was on the plateaus, mm-hmm. fighting the Parshendi. In this instance, he is not commanding his own army. Yes. Uh, apparently, it is now going to be Adolin. So good on him. Mm. And not only that, um, he will have general call for advice, but Dalinar believes his son is well-trained. Yay! Yes, he's ready to lead the way, basically. Dalinar obviously gave up his shard plate, so he has no plate on, he has no blade. He's viewing the fight from a different perspective. Yeah, I just think this is so awesome. It says, Mm. yes, from now on, Adolin would lead the battle. Dalinar would change the world. So good. Yeah. He's accepting his new place in the world. Mm -hmm. All of his visions and the writing on the wall (laughs) (laughs) are pushing him towards this. I'm glad to see Dalinar take a step back. Clearly from this alone, like we know it's not because he no longer has shards that he's doing this, but that Dalinar has found a new purpose and direction. Mm. All good things, and it all just worked out rather well. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, with this mentality, I wonder if Dalinar would have done what Aladar is doing now, where he lends out his plate and blade to his officers. I don't know if Dalinar would hit that point, but... I don't think so. Right, he loves his shards too much. <laughs> well, he didn't, doesn't love them too much. He sacrificed them. Yes. He, he sacrificed his blade f- to free all of the bridgemen. It's more of a case of, I think he values his own skill as a soldier and his own influence in the battlefield. He knows he can make a difference in a physical fight. So you think 
the act of giving up his shards is actually a significant act. This was where it was going to go as soon as he's given up his shards, that it would be Adeline leading from here on out. Mm -hmm. He's passing over to Adeline. That's awesome. I don't think loaning out his shards would have had anywhere near the same effect as just Dalinar going out. Yeah. Especially in his current state, he has no reason to not go out on the battlefield, except he doesn't have a shard plate or plate. So this is more a sign of his commitment to his new his new goals in life. Mm-hmm. We also learn a little more about Aladar. He's powerful, renowned. He uses bridgemen to get his bridges in place. And he also is a fashion trendsetter. Lovely. I'm sure he'll get along great with uh, Adeline. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aladar could be who Adeline would be if it weren't for Dalinar inspiring more noble aspirations. Mm, yes. Pushing him to be better. I have nothing wrong with fashion, but focusing him more on what's important. Yes. They're at war. So fashion shouldn't be their main... Taking up so much time. Yeah, but it has because they're seeing this place now as where they live as opposed to a war camp. Yeah. Dalinar does notice all of the bridgemen, the dead bridgemen, and the reaction of his own bodyguards, who are, of course, bridge four. Mm -hmm. Would he have noticed this previously? I think he would have. He did also promise Kaladin that his men would not have to fight, even though they are on a plateau. Mm -hmm. Because he did promise Kaladin previously that they would not be running the plateaus. Yep. Yes. Kind of holding to that promise. They're not They're not seeing action. They're just there to surround Dalinar. And Adalar commands from a step back. He has his own tent. Mm-hmm. He orders his troops from there instead of participating at the front lines of the battle. This back and forth between Aladar and Dalinar is very interesting. Dalinar tries the honey approach talking about honor and what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Aladar is... Still not a fan of what's being done. Mm-hmm. He's just doing it, not because he's willing to do it. Delinar moves on to threats. He's done asking. This is the part that I think is also interesting. He says, I will have a unified kingdom. Mm. Aladar, they did it with knives in the back and soldiers on the field. I think that's where the title comes from. Yes. That's how Gavilar brought the kingdom together previously. Was with violence and removing his opponents. Is that, is that not how all kingdoms are formed? Well, I don't know about all kingdoms. That would require some research. <laughs> <laughs> Normal way for kingdoms to form. How about that? Mm, yeah. But as Dalinar knows, he can't force Adalar to obey because he doesn't have the men for it. So he can't follow Gavilar's approach of unifying the kingdom. That's the crux of it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so Dalinar has a plan in place anyway to circumvent that, mm. which is Adeline. <laughs> yes. While all this talking is going on, they are paying attention to the battlefield and Dalinar gives some advice. Mm. He contradicts what Aladar is commanding. He just interrupts and says, do you really want to do that? <laughs> mm. This is what the Barshandi are actually going to do. Do whatever you want, but this is what they're doing. Aladar obviously takes that advice. Yeah, he has enough respect for Dalinar as a commanding general of an army, of being able to read the battle and make the correct decisions. Like, he knows Dalinar is right in these things. Right. Even if it's annoying and he doesn't want to actually agree with him, 
it's what's best for his army. Right. And he obviously cares enough about his army and to get the gem heart to follow his advice and do what Dalinar says. We're back to the crux of the issue, right? Of what's needed to unite Alethkar. Mm. Not just because they've been conquered, but as whole. Aladar points out it's not Dalinar himself. It's the other high princess that they can't, can't trust one another. That's the issue. Yeah, they don't trust one another. They were united under violence and trust was obviously never factored into any sort of relationship building between them. Right. Maybe there would have been another way to do it, but the death of Gavilar came fairly early. Mm -hmm. And then you have this false sense of camaraderie and false sense of being united because of the Vengeance Pact, Mm. which then very quickly dissolved to fighting for the Gem Hearts. So on paper and on the outside looking in, they are united. Just you can't see the cracks underneath the surface. Yeah. United in name only. Can we also talk about this twist at the end? The um, letter that no. Bonnie reads out to him. So, uh, 62 days to come up with an answer. Well, 60 now. Dalinar's thinking on that, and here's the here's the kicker. For he suspected his own hand had written those words. Oh, yeah. See, now that would explain how the words got on the wall. Yes. Without him knowing, because he was his, having his visions. Well, he wasn't in a vision. He was... He was sleeping, wasn't he? Yes, he was sleeping. And this also explains the shakiness of the glyphs that were being written because mm-hmm. he doesn't write the glyphs, but he's recognizing them. Mm. He wouldn't know how to write in the first place. Yeah. So his arm or his hand wouldn't have any skill in writing. Yes, 100% agree. It's an interesting theory Dalinar has going there. Mm-hmm. But one that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So all my conspiracy theories from <laughs> from uh, the last couple episodes doesn't pan out. <laughs> well, we'll just have to see. <laughs> but yes, this, the very last paragraph has someone arriving to the Shattered Plains who might provide a solution to Dalinar's problems. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think we turn this all around? I mean, we've just identified the problem to be trust around the High Princess. Mm-hmm. So who do you think is that old friend and what can they do that would build trust amongst the high princess? Does he have another old comrade from back when they were trying to unite a Lethkar who the high princess had more respect for? That could be one. I don't know. I almost thought it was going to be mention of Shalon. Shalon? Shalon's not an old friend. Exactly. Can't be her. So it must be somebody entirely new who we haven't met, because at this point we know it's not Jasna either. She wouldn't be referred to as an old friend. That's also true. We got nothing, because in none of these other memories and references to the past have we had someone new mm. that we don't recognize. Possibly someone new. I'm excited to meet somebody from the past. Maybe we'll have more clarity as to what happened way back then. Yeah, that would be a good Let's head on to the next chapter, shall we? Yes. Chapter nine. Walking the grave. Okay, now this one makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. That's another way to refer to the chasm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dead bodies down there. 
And then we have a little more foreshadowing from Navani. Yes. If she wasn't being caught in her sorrow, then maybe she would have noticed danger approaching. But she's not sure that's the case anyway. She doesn't think that anything could have been done. Even if they, if even if she had noticed, what well, could she have done differently? Exactly. I agree. It's one of those hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm. But at the same time, if you've already done the best you could with the information you had on hand, then there's really nothing else that could be done. Yeah. What what else are we supposed to do? (laughs) Right, right. It'd be totally different if you had more knowledge. Then you could be like, oh, here's plan X, Y, Z and backup plan, whatever it is. Mm. You cannot dream of a scenario that you don't have information for. That's just asking for the impossible. Mm. I have to say life is full of surprises. It is. So now we are with Kaladin hanging out in the chasms. Yeah. It's like throwback to the previous book. We have this mention here about Syl, where Kaladin wasn't certain if she actually understood death. So maybe Syl is actually, in terms of being able to grasp certain things, is actually on par with Pattern. Mm. Because Pattern seems to understand what death is, but he didn't understand the why of what was happening. Yes. Maybe both of their grasp, both Pattern and Syl, is roughly the same. Mm. Well... Yes, I think Syl is a bit more developed. We've seen a lot more of Syl, and she's had more time to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Pattern is only at the beginning, but they still they struggle with concepts like death, which makes me wonder: can can they die? When Syl says lots of Spren died, what does that mean for her? Sounds like she does understand death, but it's just maybe Kaladin doesn't know that she knows. Mm. Or does death look something different to her? Right. Paladin has never proactively tried to teach Syl a certain way or ask Syl leading questions. I mean, his his mind was blown by the fact there is a friend talking to him. Mm. There is that. He's just thinking of Syl as a oddity. Yes. I don't think he's considered that maybe other Spren will have relationships similar to his. Well, he gets there in this chapter. Wait, since we're talking about Spren and powers and all that stuff, mm. I just realized that we've never asked this question or talked about this, but Zeth, mm. where's his Spren? Yeah, he doesn't have Spren that we've seen. That we know of. Yeah, it's very odd. Imagine, oh, oh. How different would Zeth be if he had a friend to talk to him? Very different. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. he looks rather lonely Mm -hmm. and could use a friend. He could use a friend. Just saying, maybe he has one and he's pretending they don't exist. Possibly. It is possible. (laughs) Sorry, I just... I just went way out there because we were like, oh, we're talking about spread relationships. Mm. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's only one other person who should have one that would contribute information to our speculation. <laughs> <laughs> well, on a tangent, on Spren specifically, Syl does make reference to the fact that she does not like the fact that she cannot generate Spren. So Kaladin generates glory Spren because he's so proud of Teft being a leader, which is very cute. Yes. Adorable. It speaks a lot to Kaladin's leadership style that he takes pride in the achievement of those under him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Syl's annoyed because she thinks that she should be able to generate Spren because, like, 
she has feelings that would generate spren and they should be reflected. She should really have some glory spren of her own. <laughs> Basically, she feels proud. As she should. She's wonderful. <laughs> Tuff says, this is where we come from. This is why some call us the Order of Bone. Hmm. That's a new one. Yeah. The fact that they're called Order of Bone, which makes sense in a very gruesome way because they did use... Did they not wear the bones of the Prashendi? They did. They did what they had to and they did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Back to our discussion about Spren. Mm -hmm. They were talking about, could a Spren have made those glyphs on the wall? Yes. <laughs> Again, we had that twist from just minutes ago. Mm -hmm. But I still would like to know. Yes, definitely. But the thing I wanted to point out is still has seen Bren like red lightning. Dangerous Bren. Bren I've, she's never seen before. And she thinks they might be Storm Bren. Mm, something dangerous is coming. That's all she really knows. But she doesn't know what these Bren are, really. And that the glyphs are right. Mm -hmm. That's the part. The glyphs were right. Does she know an exact date or is it just because what the glyphs represent she like doesn't care about the number she just knows they're right she's seeing the signs and she's saying it's right and i believe that if still saying it that is true yes but like we've pointed out before she doesn't have an exact number of days for the world to fall apart mm. but she knows something dangerous is coming and this is where kaladin asks still are there others like me and she's like oh oh no not this question <laughs> <laughs> Kaladin wonders if she'll lie. Yeah, this is where she comes up with, what do you think I am, a cryptic? And then he's like, well, what is a cryptic? And she's like, uh, oh, oh, what is a cryptic? Thus begins Kaladin's education. <laughs> <laughs> she knows things, but she also doesn't know things. So pattern is a cryptic, obviously. Yeah, so there's definitely friction between Honorspin and Cryptic if even these types of comments are coming through when she doesn't have her full memories. Yes. Also, as a very quick side note, she's imitating people that she sees in the marketplace. Better, like, express herself. <laughs> <laughs> she better express, that looks interesting, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I understand what that emotion is supposed to be. <laughs> Syl mentions how dangerous it is for her to come into this realm before she found Kaladin. Yeah. She says, without you, without a mind born of this realm, I couldn't think. Alone, I was just another Windsbrand. Mm. Okay, so if she had come at a different time previous, she would just be another Windsbrand forever. Mm. Unless she somehow found somebody of Kaladin's quality or Kaladin himself to attract her to begin to think. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what she means by death, losing the ability to think and having thoughts. Mm. She may not be the only one gone out in the world and wanting to form this connection. Yes. Well, she even says it. I know there are other Spren that other Spren are trying in their own way to reclaim what was lost. The way I read that was other types of spread, not necessarily honor spread. Well, still does say she is the only honor spread to have come. And she was forbidden, but she came anyway. So she took a massive risk. A huge, huge risk. Is that her way of saying she knew that the cryptics were trying then? Because as far as we know, like two broad categories are cryptics and honor. Yeah, which means she knows cryptics were trying to come. So she knew, maybe she knew Pattern was trying to come. Jasna did say that Pattern's the only cryptic that they know of. 
So, so we have Sil saying she's the only honor spren. We have Pattern, who is apparently the only cryptic. Then what's Jasno's? Questions, questions. Or maybe they are unaware of more honor spren being out there? Maybe. Oh, Sil mentioned that they were forbidden. Yeah. So she is actually defying the Stormfather. Yes. So the Stormfather obviously forbade them from traveling to this realm. Well, that also implies he's in charge of the honor spren. Mm, or he has sway. Yeah. A large amount of sway. Still has thoughts and personalities and memories of her own. So now we know that there's still a hierarchy if the Stormfather is capable of passing commands, mm-hmm. which means that they should be able to communicate with the Stormfather and potentially get way more information. But will the Stormfather want to give more information? That is the question. Something bad is coming. If Syl knows about it, there's no way the Stormfather doesn't. Yes, but also the Stormfather has forbidden the Spren from traveling to this realm, so he clearly does not want to take the side of the people of this realm. Yeah, that makes you wonder what his agenda is. Mm. Well, I mean, apart from creating all the high storms. <laughs> is he the one who creates the big storm? The one that's threatening to come? I don't think so. Mm. Before Syl turns back into her normal teasing self. She does also tell Kaladin that he needs to become what Dalinar Colon is looking for. Objection, says Kaladin. <laughs> yeah, they'll take it away from me. She's like, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> it reflects Kaladin's, where he, where Kaladin is. He's always waiting for him to lose everything now. Yeah, he is coming from a position of fear. Mm. Not knowing that what he has cannot be taken away from him, I don't think. You can't take that kind of power away from somebody. Yeah, he needs to have an abundance mindset where all of these things are opportunities. What can this do for me? What can this do for the people I'm trying to lead and protect? Mm. He'll find that he has a lot of power, not just that he's taking on more responsibilities because he could see the need for it. I like to see him take advantage of what he has Mm. to create and build something. Yeah. We've seen the first steps of that where he has elevated and assigned his own lieutenants, but I think he could do so much more than just that. Yes. He needs the time and the space to grow into it. I don't know if he's going to get that. Yeah. Tells them that if he has, he wants to build a shrine for Syl (laughs) now that he's technically free. Yeah. And Syl's like, ooh, worship me. Maybe I don't need glory sprint anymore if I have a shrine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Rock. Syl deserves it. <laughs> Rock is wanting to know how he knew having these bridgemen down here. And by down here, I mean having them train down in the chasm would yeah. bring willingness and some amount of life to the other bridge crews. Mm. I mean, Kaladin's right. It feels like an initiation. Yeah. This is the secret place we used to train in. Now you're part of it too. Yeah. This was, you know, the things that we've done that made us a whole of Bridge 4. And having a unifying experience like that will bring people together. Mm. Yeah. Good on him for thinking of a way to to bring everybody together more than just Bridge 4. Yeah. That's awesome. Rock was sent there not to, you know, just chat and tell Phil that he's building shrines for her. 
But because Sigzel wanted to talk to Kaladin. Yes. To practice his abilities. He wants to test his power. Come on, Kaladin, you can't escape this. Right. That's all I got. Do you have anything else that kind of chat about? No, I think that covers everything. Next time, we will be with Shalon for two chapters in Chapter 10, A Flashback, and Chapter 11.